Hello everyone, welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry and joining me as always is the ever quotable Jay. We're gonna need a bigger franchise. Uh, <laughs> you were worried about me stepping on your, your thing and your quote is, is a new one. Yeah, but sometimes, last time, just that one time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yep. What was your, say your quote again, real quick. I said, we're going to need a bigger franchise instead of a bigger boat because we're doing the sequels to Jaws. But now that I've had to explain the joke, it's not funny to anybody. Well, no, I, I like, uh, uh, the quote that Brody says is not we're, it's your it's a common misconception. People say we're going to need a bigger boat when it's either way. Need a bigger boat. <laughs> well, you're going to need a bigger franchise. Yeah. I mean, I still like it because it works because it's weird as in us. Um, but, you know, why not educate when you can? Uh, and then, of course, joining us is the Silent Hill biker himself, Ken. Ha ha. Here we go. Let's talk about one shitty movie and then. One movie that actually, goddamn, turned out to be very good when I actually took the time to watch it. Hmm. Is all my pleading to the masses actually working? We will find out. Okay, so if you don't know already, we are doing Horror Coliseum Jaws 3D versus Jaws the Revenge. But before we get into that, we are going to get into what we've been doing this week. Uh, Jay, what have you been doing this week? Uh, getting ready to move. So that's fun exciting uh, i watched the banana splits movie last night that was pretty good fun practical effects uh cheesy splatter kind of flick so that was fun but that's pretty much it all right kenneth what about you um not really a whole lot um uh, you know just working stuff like that i did i, I watched brightburn uh, oh so good i actually really enjoyed it and I also watched the uh, the Curse of La Llorona. Yeah, I my, my, my Corona. You know, I actually started singing that when they started saying it in the movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I watched both of those, and uh, Brightburn was definitely a better movie. Uh, the Curse was okay. Um, I really liked the way that they you know did the look of her, which always looks pretty good in fucking uh, the Conjuring universe movies. But. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I, I kind of feel the same way about this one as I did The Nun. You know what I'm saying? Because both of them were kind of like, for offshoot movies, they're 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 okay. They're pretty good, but for the most part, it's they don't hold up to the to the Conjuring movie. So, and I'm also looking forward to seeing the third one, the third Conjuring. Dope. Um, I I'm currently sick, as I'm sure most anyone who's listening to this can tell. Um. <laughs> But I'm surviving. I'm making it. Fucking, I recorded this morning uh, for Psycho Semantic Podcast. So I spent the like entire week jumping between Jaws three and four research and research on the uh, Franklin cover up um, and uh, that whole child prostitution ring and uh, Jeffrey Epstein stuff. So my week has been dark. To say the least. Uh, but it's all done now. Today I get it all out of my system. No more 
shitty shark movies, no more fucking uh, child rape, uh, none of that. It's all going to be fucking flushed out of my system. I spent yesterday sick as fuck watching classic universal monster movies like Revenge of the Creature and The Mummy's Hand. So that was fucking dope. Um, uh, I re- I, go ahead. I revisited Lake Placid, the Ooh, first one. How was that? I actually really enjoy that movie. I started watching the second one, and I, after I got done with that one, I started watching the second one. I got about 20 minutes into it and cut it off. Yeah, yeah, none of, the, none of the sequels are very fucking good, but the first one's super good. It's so funny. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I got into an argument with Reese earlier this week, and she threatened to say Jaws 3D is great while we were having sex. Oh. So we did not have sex. Damn, that must have just, like, <laughs> um, killed it right there. For real, I was like, bitch, don't play with me. Um, also, guys, if y'all are uh, into fucking mobile apps, there's a new mobile app for a podcast called Flick Chat, uh, where you can uh, go on there, and it's like kind of like a, a message board for, like, specifically like for specific podcasts and you can join ours by downloading the flip flick chat app and uh <laughs> yeah i know flick chap at fuck flick chap at no fuck fuck it flick chat app flick chat app and uh go. the join code for us is kill the cast all put together as one word you can uh check that shit out we've been on there uh talking with people um i don't know oh fucking oh sorry i got sent a message and i was like i don't know what you're showing me and then i figured it out i'm kind of dumb dumb right now you know y'all remember back when we did um brain uh, scan brain scan i was all fucked up on nyquil yeah part two Uh baby oh except you care about this topic this this is a good episode i fucking care so goddamn much yeah, and you're not really coughing this time. Yeah, I don't have much of a cough. It, it, it's kind of there every once in a while, but it's more like to, like, it feels like it's being done to make me, like, scratch my throat or something. Um, I definitely have less of a voice now than I did earlier today. Uh, but I'm hoping it gives me, it just makes me sound sexier. Absolutely. So, okay. Well, fuck. With that being said, we're getting into our fucking horror coliseum. It's a uh, Jaws 3D time. Came out in 1983. The son of police chief Brody must protect customers at a SeaWorld theme park after a 35-foot shark becomes trapped in the park with them. It's got a 3.7 IMDb rating. Has uh, famous people such as Dennis Quaid playing Mike Brody, Bess Armstrong playing Dr. Catherine Morgan, uh, the manimal himself, Cyan McCorkendale playing. <laughs> Philip Ritz Roy, fuck Philip Fitzroyce. <clears throat> um, we also have Louis Gotset Jr. Uh, playing Calvin Bucard. Uh, I don't. I want to say uh, Philip Fitzjoyce and Calvin Bucard are the only reason to really watch this movie. Uh, fuck what you heard. So we're gonna get into it. Uh, we're you, can't sh- f- you can't forget the chick from Back to the Future. Oh yeah, fucking. Uh, she doesn't try to fuck her son in this one, but she does try to fuck. Uh, a, a Sean Brody. That would be Leah Thompson as Kellyanne Bukowski. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we are going to start off with Jay. Story and script. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, I gave it a five. Um, 
the concept is pretty good, but how it proceeds throughout the movie is not very good. <laughs> um, like, I like the idea of them opening a sea world and then there being a shark loose attacking everybody and everything, but uh, I don't know. It just feels like it uh, it shouldn't be as boring as it is for the plot that exists, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Um, Kenneth, what did you get for story script? Also coming in with a five. I mean, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, okay, even though this is a horror movie, this this, this seems like, or supposedly a horror movie, this is like an advertisement for SeaWorld. And... Uh, <coughs> And 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 trying to capitalize on the 3D, so you put the two together, and it's like, oh, well, what can we do at SeaWorld? Let's make a Jaws movie. Yeah, that's exactly the way I felt about it. Yeah. So, and you know, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of stuff that was fleshed out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, why Mike is there, stuff like that. I mean, the only thing that really rolled over is the fact that Sean's scared of the water. Other than that. There's really not a whole lot of stuff that rolled over from the first two, in my opinion. So I was just like, there was a lot of stuff that I figure when making this movie, they were making it to fucking make money and be an advertisement, like I said, for 3D and fucking uh, and for uh, SeaWorld. And because of that, there's so much that could have been utilized from the first two movies for a third one. And it wasn't. And that's the reason why I think this story was poor. I agree with you. I came in at a four. This shit's just weak. The story, while trying to remain in a realm of reality, constantly breaks it as if no one has any idea what sharks can and can't do. Normally, I would let this go, but the issue is that there is a marine biologist, and it takes place in fucking SeaWorld, where these people would have knowledge. Uh, On top of that, a shark doesn't seek revenge for the death of his child. It tries to eat it. Uh, the connection of the first two films is also weak, with Brody's son being there and not really one of them not doing a single fucking thing. It should be it should have been an interesting story, but it's just slow with unlikable characters. And the argument that the shark followed Ellen Brody to the Bahamas from Amity is dumb. Well, it stole it from this flick, as the shark somehow made it to fucking Orlando, which is supposed to be forty miles from the fucking sea. How come that isn't an issue? At least if we use the psychic shark theory from Revenge, we at least introduce a supernatural element. Here in a movie based in reality with scientists, we just have a shark doing shit it does not do. Period. Yeah, like, even even with that, you know, uh, Cheyenne brought up to me the, the thing about how sensitive sharks' noses are, and it fucking, like, just busts its nose into all kinds of different shit. Uh, well, to be fair, sharks do ram shit a lot. Um, but... Um, like for instance, the shark bites onto her, uh, tank, uh, when they're trying to sedate it, uh, Catherine's tank and the shark mm-hmm. would immediately let go because sharks bite on things to see if they're edible and sharks have a huge distaste for metal. That was pretty well known even in the eighties. Uh, and the shark just didn't, but it's not even things like that. It's, it's stupid fucking things. Like she starts rubbing the shark up and down. That would have torn your fucking hand apart. Shark skin, you can rub them going down, but if you rub them going up, it'll rip your fucking skin uh, skin apart because their skin, your hand apart because their skin is like tiny little fucking teeth. 
Oh, okay. So you can't backstroke a shark. You cannot. You can only stroke forward stroke a shark. You backstroke a shark, you're not going to have a good time. Can you fuck a shark? You can fuck a shark, yes. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, But, like, much like it's rare to actually get a shark attack, it's very rare to be in a spot where you can rape a shark. You are more likely to be raped by a dolphin. As dolphins rape for fun. How are you going to get consent for the shark? Aquaman. Oh, but you know what? These dolphins could give consent. They were telling... The fucking uh, bitch in the water, no, no, get out of the shipwreck, no, just fucking chicken. They can give consent, yet uh, dolphins are known to be rapists, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, let's just, like, go ahead and get into a conversation about <laughs> dolphins. I could go all day about the craziness of that shit. Fair enough. We will move on to cinematography, technical aspects. Jay, go right ahead. Uh, I gave it a four, um, and part of this has to do with the special effects that we'll get into later, but... God, those 3D effects were just absolutely terrible and take you right out of the movie immediately. Um, you know, most of, most of the regular shots of just the humans and, and whatnot are fine, but there's absolutely nothing that stands out as amazing. There's no shot that made me go, wow, that's a beautiful shot. Because even in shitty movies, I can do that. But there was just, it was, everything was basically average um, and the 3D was garbage and just accidentally... Uh, takes you out of it terribly and i did not uh i did not enjoy those parts all right kenneth i gave cinematography a seven and i generally tend to give movies that have a lot of underwater shots um a little bit more because i know that cinematography for under underwater shots is difficult so i generally tend to and i agree with jay but i'll get into that in the special effects because i you know uh, a lot. Of, he's right. A lot of those 3D shots are fucking terrible. But the damn the underwater shots, like the ones when they're in the in in the uh, the filtration system and stuff like that, and then damn some of the other underwater shots and stuff like that. Underwater shots are difficult when it really comes down to it. So I uh, I, try, I give a couple of extra points for that. So I give it a seven. I mean, and then also the shots of when they're like following the skiers and stuff like that and all the rest of that, man. I mean, when you're filming stuff like that, it's not, it, you know, it's not just posting a camera on a tripod and stuff like that. It is difficult. So I give them, I give them, I give them a seven on that. Okay. Uh, I, I'm at a four. Uh, the movie's just not shot well with most being, with most scenes being undercut by lousy shots. Take some of the good shots. Like for instance, the water skiers, uh, those look fantastic, but they're but they're undercut by weak shark scenes. Uh, everything just looks awful. And to be fair, <clears throat> fuck John Alves. This is the only movie he ever fucking directed. But he was an assistant director on both Jaws one and Jaws two. He has worked in the fucking art department uh, and as a production designer on big fucking movies, um, including like fucking Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Escape from New York. So, like, he has some idea what to do uh, with a camera, but he does not know how to fucking direct a movie. Um, Just a lot of the shots in here just look fucking awful. I don't think the underwater scenes look very good in this movie. I think the only thing that looks good in this movie are the action shots of, like, the water skiers. Other than that, almost everything looks fucking awful. Um... And I'll kind of get more into why as we get into, like, pacing and atmosphere. Um, so we'll move on to character and character development. Jay, go ahead. Uh, I gave it a five. Uh, there's 
characters. I don't know if there's development. <laughs> uh, Dennis Quaid gets over his fear of the water, or uh, or not Dennis Quaid, sorry, the other guy. Um, I fucking love Dennis Quaid. Uh, the other guy who's not Dennis Quaid. Uh, he gets over his fear of the water at one point, but that's it. The, uh, the greedy businessman is still a greedy businessman. The... Overly curious scientist is still an overly curious scientist. There's there's nothing nothing going on. Uh, the dolphins, I really like the dolphins, so it just lands straight in the middle for me. All right, Kenneth, I gave it a six. And now that I'm thinking about it more, I've been thinking about it since we started. I probably would have came in lower with this, um, just for the same thing. Um, there's a lot of the scores when I was doing this one that, uh, when I was doing Jaws 4, I was very clear on most of the scores that I pulled for the, for that one. But I was very like, I sat and actually thought and was like tapping my pen and shit like that. So I went with a six on this one, but I actually wish I'd have done it lower, but cause I agree with Jay, there really wasn't a whole lot of, a whole lot of character development there. And then, like I said, when we was talking about the story, they underutilized things that they should have used. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm stuck with it. It's a six, but you know what I'm saying? I wish it was lower. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I came in at a four. Jay hit that right on the fucking uh, head. All the characters are basic uh, archetypes. No one has any development from what you first learn of them. It's all one-note flat lines. Uh, on top of that, none of them are really likable. The The two most enjoyable people in the film are Philip Fitzroyce and Calvin uh, Bucard. And that's only because they at least have some kind of fucking flair. Uh, Which one both, is Fitzroyce? Uh, he's the fucking British uh, Steve Irwin. Right. Okay. And and yeah, who's the like, other guy? Calvin Bucard is the uh, uh, fancy black guy who runs shit. Okay. Um, you know how I am with names. Yeah. Uh, they're supposed to be the opposing team uh, from our extremely clean cut and fucking award for most boring couple ever. Mike and Catherine. Jesus, y'all are boring. Y'all make fucking, uh, like, honestly, I would see, like, fucking someone jacking off to this eating a bowl of white rice and milk. Ew. That's how Yay. fucking boring these That's people are. That's just, like, fake yeah. rice pudding. Yeah, well, it's fucking mush. It's bland. That's what these characters are. I fucking hate Mike and Catherine in this movie. So goddamn boring. Uh, we'll move on to pacing and editing. Jay, go right ahead. Uh, I gave this a... Oh, I really gave it a six, huh? I gave it a six. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a six. Um, I, I don't know. I sh that should have been a five. That sounds like um, something a drunk person said. Man, I really did that last night. For real? Yeah. Shit. Um, it just... It wasn't... Uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't terrible, but it does take a little while for things to happen. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that, I don't have I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> uh, Kenneth, you got the answer. I, I actually gave this one a seven, and I stand firm on this one. I, I, there were, you know why I gave it a six then? <laughs> uh, because damn, when it really comes down to it, I mean, there were some drag along spots because you know naturally that's the reason why I didn't get a higher score. But for the most part, man, I mean, the movie, it, I mean, it went right along with what was going on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you uh, you had the people there at SeaWorld. Sharks start showing up. Fucking people start dying. They try to figure it out. They realize there's a bigger shark. They keep going. They figure that shit out. A couple people get eaten, and fucking goddamn, they figure out how to kill the shark, and people get out of the fucking tunnel. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty linear how everything works. You ever want to make a movie go faster by gunpoint? 
<laughs> That's how I feel about this movie. I gave it a fucking three. So many times the pacing is just killed by a slow-moving shark that kills any tension that the music is trying to make. On top of that, the editing just seems lazy and awkward. Uh, lazy with awkward cuts that look like it's trying to hide the shit instead of improve it. Um, I know in special effects movies, a lot of times the editing hides a lot of shit. It's supposed to that. And, and now with Blu-ray, we can see every little fucking mistake. So of course the sharks aren't going to look quite as good. Um, but I'll in this movie, <laughs> yo, yeah, I watched it on, on Blu-ray because I'm, I'm not gonna spend the money on the. I'm not gonna spend the money on a Blu-ray for you. It. Know what? The I've, Blu-ray I've, it it does not look good. This movie just doesn't look good. Now, Jaws Revenge Blu-ray. Oh my god, that shit looks so good. Ooh, uh, we'll get funny. into that later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, this movie just seems like all the shark attacks are fucking lame as fuck because the editing sucks on them. It's just those choppy attacks. And, and don't get me wrong, every Jaws movie does those choppy attacks. But they at least make up for it by giving us somewhere some really good attacks. And in this movie, I just feel like it never fucking does. Um, I just feel like it was very lazy editing. Uh, and the pacing, while, yes, it's an hour and a half movie, it never really seems to actually stop. It basically hides the fact of how slow it is by introducing small problems every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes, it's a call Brody to fix this. Uh, whoop, new problem happened. Oh, here we go with this one. That's how it makes you think it's it's moving along by giving you stupid little fucking tasks. It's like a movie that, uh, it's like a video game that extends its playtime by giving you fucking fetch quest. Mm-hmm. That's what this fucking movie is. It's the fucking movie version of that. Um, okay, we move into atmosphere. Jay, my boy, go ahead. Uh, so I gave this a seven and I do have a reason why. Uh, not because there was like good tension throughout, but the atmosphere of a uh, theme park with um, a guy trying to make money any way he can uh, was pretty accurate. Like it, it felt like what they were trying to convey. Uh, the tension itself was was just not there, um, but everything else was fine. Like you could easily, you could you could almost take out the the mother shark uh, plot point uh, and rework this as a romantic comedy with very few script changes. But I felt like the the overall atmosphere, again, not counting tension, was was pretty decent. All right, Kenneth, I gave it a four. I just I didn't I didn't feel like the movie really had any atmosphere to it. I mean, we can go into the tension and everything, but I mean. When it really comes down to it, it just, I don't feel like that anybody did anything to convey any kind of, any kind of subconscious feeling by what they were doing. I I, I didn't feel that at all. You know, and I've talked about this before when I watch other movies that are like that, you know, like when you take uh, Friday the 13th movies and it's always kind of dark and gritty, uh, fucking the storms that are always happening, you know, because it's always fucking raining when Jason's killing people, you know, shit like that, you know, but this one just didn't seem like it had anything that. like when they were making the movie, they didn't, they didn't sit there and think to themselves, oh, what can we do about making the, the, the lighting or anything else like that? No. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't. To me, it feels like they were like, well, we don't have to give it the atmosphere of a theme park because they'll be able to see it. it's all, it's like knowing it's a theme park. That's all in scenery and set design. 
they never really focus in on like what makes this a theme park. Like they have them like kind of like tour some of the things, but basically it's a confusing mess that never seems to ever get going for more than a few seconds. You get your few seconds of, okay, I'm starting to feel like a theme park. Then when it's like, we're going to cut it off by doing something dumb in the movie because we got to, we got to do some kind of new problem to move the plot along and it cuts the atmosphere. Take right. um, like the scene with them being trapped underwater, uh, the tourists being trapped underwater. Mm-hmm. They just kind of forget about it, and we go away from that. And at no point, and we don't go back until all oh, the water's dropping. So it never builds tension with them. That right. would have would have built the atmosphere in this movie. Versus like you take the first Jaws movie where they where they fucking did it perfectly because damn, you know, those those really wide shots that they did of like the 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 orca being out on 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 the ocean, you know, even though you got these really wide, vast shots, you still get the atmosphere of fucking uh, of of being what's the word I'm looking for, Jerry? Um, Isolate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fine to the ocean. Right, the sm- the the isolation of where you're at. Yeah, and so you cannot you see that, land. Right, you get the tension build up of where you're at because you're fucking you're stuck on this boat out in the middle of nowhere. So it's just like you've got that fucking the atmosphere of it of it weighing down on you because you're like, you know what I'm saying? You're confined to this area. Whereas this, it doesn't do that to me at all. I feel like they're goddamn. You know, somebody went out to fucking goddamn Sea World with a camera and there just happened to be a shark there. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of times where like they're like. Oh no, there's the mother shark. It's swimming towards us. And then it immediately clips to like the mother shark chasing uh chasing the skiers. Right. It just... That's what I'm talking about. It's constantly going. Uh and then it, same thing it does with the pacing where it tricks you into thinking it's moving along. It just cause it's constantly just fucking playing hopscotch and jumping to the next fucking thing. It constantly is getting cut off, uh bit off, so to speak. By something dumb happening in the movie. That's why I, I gave the atmosphere a three. I kind of jumped in with Kenneth here, but I gave it a three. Um, the, I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street movies make better atmosphere, and that's 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 a fucking deep cut. By the way, a little offset. I really want to see Kevin Bacon as Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I'm down. I remember the rumors I'm, I'm from t- a few years ago about Kevin Bacon saying he wanted to do it. And now that Robert England's refreshed it by saying, "I want to see Kevin Bacon do it," oh, I'm like, just I'm fucking like, do it. Kevin yeah, Bacon, yeah, I'm can totally do down. I'm totally down. I really want to see it. But sorry about that. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Jay, you're a fanboy. Uh, Kevin Bacon is ready. But I'm not a fanboy because fanboys are irrational. I'm not irrational. <laughs> well, what do you uh, think? Yes, I would love to see Kevin Bacon as Freddy. I think he's uh, he's a fantastic actor. I think he'd wear it out, man. I think it'd be great. I really wanted to make fun of Jay for saying he wasn't irrational, but he did take my criticisms of Nightmare pretty fairly, so I can't do it. God damn it. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to a high point of this movie. Scenery and set design, Jay. Now, this I gave an eight because everything looks the way it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kenneth? Nine. I gave it a nine. I mean, it's fucking – it's goddamn SeaWorld, man. And I really liked the uh, – you know, the effects were shitty, but the set itself, when they go down in the tubes and stuff like that, I liked that. I enjoyed yeah. it. I like the set design of the uh, the entranceway down into the fucking tubes. I thought that was really cool. Um, just about everything about it. I mean, fucking, you know, it's shot at SeaWorld. The sets were great. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it looks like a fucking theme park. Yep. I gave it an eight. Uh, to me, it's like the one good thing in this movie. Uh, so I'm basically jumping on to what they said and saying, yeah, SeaWorld's cool as shit. Um, great place. All right. Acting. Uh, Jay, go ahead. 
Uh, I gave acting a seven. I really like Dennis Quaid. Um, so I'm kind of biased when it comes to him. <laughs> uh, I tried to to be as unbiased as possible, but I didn't really have an issue with any of the acting. Nothing was like, oh my God, amazing. But uh, I I think uh, Dennis Quaid had as much fun with this movie as you can. Yeah, um, I think all the actors are having and a so lot of fucking fun. I, uh, I enjoyed uh, his his acting in general. Um, Louis Gossett Jr. looked like he was having fun too. Uh, that was a terrible accent though. I don't know. Maybe it's super accurate, but it was it was came off more annoying, kind of like Nicolas Cage and Con Air. Oh, um, you're talking just, about fucking. Uh, it just didn't sound right. The like the like Southern Louisiana Louisiana oh, style. Man, that shit was pimp. Get out of here. Okay. Well. Uh, was either balling. way. Either way, that's a seven. That's why. I loved it. I know black dudes that talk like that, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kenneth does also. Kenneth, what do you got? I gave it an eight. I didn't think the acting was bad at all. I really enjoyed Dennis Quaid. The black guy was amazing. He fucking cracked me up the whole time. I loved it. Uh, I thought everybody did a good job on the acting. I mean, shit, you know, they looked like they had a good time. I never got pulled out of the movie because of that. I got pulled out of the movie because of various other things, but not because of that. So I gave the acting an eight. I thought they did pretty good. Yeah, uh, I gave it a seven. And shout out to uh, Simon Metcorkendale, a.k.a. Manimal, a.k.a. Philip uh, Fitzroy's. For just being balling, and I liked his uh, fucking partner um, uh, that kept that was say, that kept calling him Governor. When he's like, uh, "Well, blah blah blah, we're gonna kill the fish. Well, we're gonna save it. Well, n- not if my Governor gets to it first. That is like, yeah, <laughs> bro, get it. I love it. Um, so yeah, I gave it a seven. Classic hand job. Uh, no real bad acting. Nothing really great. Uh, but but I really enjoyed the acting for what it was for what it is. Um, there's no Oscar winning performance here, but, um, at at least no one is, is on top of a bad script on top of, uh, bad special effects on top of, um, mediocre, uh, dialogue. Uh, at least none of the acting is actually bad. So that's good. Uh, Before we, before we move on, I want to bring up something real quick. You, 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 you made a comment just a minute ago about no Oscar winning performances. And granted, I agree with you. There weren't any Oscar winning performances in this, but the, the fucked up thing about it was, is I was listening to something the other day and it irritates me that we don't get awards and things like that for some of the acting in some of the horror movies we watch. Because some of the ones that we watch, man, the acting is fucking phenomenal. And and I don't think it gets enough. I don't I don't I don't think horror movies get the credit that they deserve. And I never really thought about it, like really thought about it, until I was listening to that podcast the other day. And I was like, holy shit, you're right. And there's some really really fucking amazing acting. And it's the same thing when I was watching uh, Curse of La Llorona earlier. There was some good acting in that. There was one scene that was fucking awesome. You know, and it was a mom upset about her children. And 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 I'm just like, God damn, you know what I'm saying? But nobody will ever, ever fucking damn put that in any kind of running whatsoever for any kind of award based on that woman's acting. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, you have to cut the the horror with something else for it to even get, get seen. Uh, look at like Silence of the Lambs being called a thriller. Look at Get Out being put in the comedy um, section like it's some fucking dark comedy. It's not at all. Just because a black dude makes a joke doesn't mean it's a fucking comedy, you fucking racist Oscars. Um, 
Yeah, because Get Out was. Uh, Shape of Water is 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 has used horror elements as a romance movie. It's kind of like how when Dracula came out and they sold that as a horror romance. That's kind of what you have with Shape of Water. I still haven't watched that. Oh my god, it's so good. I I you know what? I need to put the code on my Vudu, uh, because I have the code for the Blu-ray. Um, Do it. Yeah, it, it is oh my it deserves everything it got it is such a fucking beautiful movie it is like th- like because there's a dance scene out of nowhere in the movie <laughs> and normally i would have been like what the fuck is this shit but it just works so well that i can't even complain like the movie is just so fucking good like the only way you hate this movie is if you just don't like romance movies. Then that, right. And even though this romance movie has been put in the suit of horror to give to you, like, oh, my God, the actors are so fucking good in it. The characters are fucking just awesome as shit. Oh, man, Shape of Water was fucking brilliant. Um, I, I loved it. Um, Jay, Guillermo Del Toro it? to make a good movie. I have not seen it. Uh, I do like Del Toro. I just haven't sat down to... Uh... You know what? I'll watch be, it. I, it took me forever to watch it because it was just like not at the top of my list. And y'all already know I'm real bad about watching new movies. But um, after watching it, uh, I felt ashamed for having not watched it earlier. Uh, well, then, since you say that, as soon as you put it on there, like when we get done, put it on there and I'll watch it tomorrow. But, uh, but yeah, dude. I mean, and going back to what I was saying, I mean, it's like some of the performances that we see in some of these movies that we watch, especially like when you see parents lose their children or or the fear factor of some of the things that they're going through. You know what I'm saying? Like like in some of these movies, hell, you even take a damn creature feature, a Jaws movie, where you got a person that's being mangled by one of these creatures and, and they're screaming and begging for their life to nobody and things like that. I mean, that's some powerful shit. Yeah, the fact that Hereditary didn't win anything is bullshit. Yeah, Hereditary was a fucking phenomenal movie. It should uh, she oh, should have got some kind of nomination for. Should have been nominated for best actress. One hundred percent, Jay. One hundred percent. All right, um, let's get back into it with uh, the favorite category. Uh, this one, I can't wait to hear what y'all say about this special effects. Kills. Oh, I'm up, huh? All right, and uh, four. Uh, I gave it a solid five. Um, solid five. Yeah, <laughs> right, uh, dead in the center. It's uh, uh, the 3D effects, like I mentioned earlier, are are terrible. I don't. They shouldn't have. I don't. Maybe it looked good back then. I honestly don't know. It um, did not. Keep in I mind, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three 3D came out uh, the year before this. So so keep in mind, I could. There's no way for me to watch this in 3D uh, because it's not an actual like 3D Blu-ray that would work with a 3D TV. Um, Mine is. And I. Well, I don't. I don't have a 3D, I had I don't have that. a 3D uh, I don't have a 3D um, Blu-ray player or a 3D TV so I can't watch it in 3D but uh, the standalone release of Jaws 3 does have okay. a, a 3D conversion but it's not like to put on the red and blue glasses it's like So when this first came out 3D. was it red and blue or was it the yeah, other um, kind? I think so I read somewhere that it was, but also, like, that they used three different 3D setups because the first one kind of fucked up. And basically, the 3D in this whole movie was fucked up. It was it was bad. They uh, The shots that are supposed to be in 3D on purpose to be in 3D pull you immediately out of it. Um, it's just, it's bad. I don't know if it looked good in 3D, but it doesn't definitely doesn't hold up. Uh, at least in Friday the 13th. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't really pull you out. I mean, some of the camera angles are goofy because of it, like when he stabs his machete at the camera and it lingers there, or the uh, 
was it the the baseball bat right that's one of them where the kids are playing yeah um, in, in friday it kind of sticks it in your face and it's like haha remember it's 3d yeah and it's like it okay that's kind of annoying but it doesn't take if, you out of here and this right. one it's 3d where it's like floating your heads but you can see like the fucking composite lines going around <laughs> yeah it. It, it's bad um some of the practical effects were okay um, it was really, a, really a mixed bag. Like the, a good example is the hand at the beginning. The 3D effects on the hand were fucking terrible, but the actual like prosthetic hand that looks like it was ripped off of a body itself didn't look too bad. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we land at a five. Okay, Kenneth. Solid five. It was. The, I agree. The 3D effects were terrible. I mean, it. I just don't understand why they would put it out that bad. Um, especially when you got, like like you said, Friday the 13th 3D that came out before it. And granted, some of the shots in there aren't the greatest, but at the same time, they're definitely better than this. Um, I think I, I agree with Jay. Some of the practical effects were pretty good. Like, I, uh, I really enjoyed from a personal level, uh, enjoyed and was freaked out when uh, the British guy gets eaten. Um you know, because you're looking at it from inside the shark, which I actually kind of enjoyed that. But like I said, that's on a uh, that's on a personal level fucked up because I'm fucking. That's one of the one of my fears is being eaten whole while you're still alive and and basically dying inside the animal. And to be honest, that's the best kill in the movie. Right, and that's not and, saying much. But yeah, I mean, so I've always like the first time that I, that ever occurred to me was the first time that I watched Anaconda. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's just like you know, and 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 the digital effects in Anaconda wasn't the greatest either. But the point is, is that damn being swallowed whole, still alive and suffocating, or being starting to be digested or whatever while you're inside of this creature. Yeah, no Geppetto action for me, dude. Um, so, but that was probably it. So yeah, solid five. I mean, it, it, the fucking 3D effects ruin it. They really do. And then also on top of that, the, the, the fucking, I mean, we can kind of, we'll put the special effects for the shark itself on this. The, it looks fucking terrible too. I mean, the, not just the 3d effects, but the look of the shark itself. I mean, it looks like a fucking rubber shark being pulled through the water. Yeah. So I, I came in in a four, man, they fucked up every single kill in this movie. Like none of them are that exciting. The best death is uh, Fitzroyce being, like, crushed inside the mouth. But I've never understood, like, uh, like if he's stuck in the mouth, how did the shark eat the black dude later on? Wouldn't that, like, did he just throw spit the guy? Oh, fuck, I can't swallow him. Better, I got something stuck in my throat. Better spit him out and try to go for more. Doesn't Probably. Really make any, uh, fucking sense. But they're all bland. Uh, like, honestly, my favorite kill in the movie is like an off-screen kill, but I, I thought it was kind of cool they did it. When the two scuba divers uh, who are there to still coral, when one of them, the light just disappears. I thought that was really fucking cool, but that's not a special effect. They just really turn off a light. So everything in this movie is bland. The movie has some of the worst fucking composite shots I've ever seen. The shark looks horrible. Hell, that baby shark looks like it's just a fucking model they're pulling with a string. That's like, what I said. That, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, it looks like a rubber fucking, shark being pulled through the water. It's awful. Yeah, when the shark uh fucking shows up for the first time when they're diving in the ship looking for um uh fucking um uh Overman's body, 
and it just kind of fucking rams and then bounces back. It's just like, oh my god, it looks so fucking terrible. The only time that the shark, the baby shark actually looks good is when they're transporting it um, in the air. Then it actually looks like a shark. But as soon as they put it in like the kiddie pool to like walk around, which scientifically is accurate, you would walk it around the water to get it swimming. Though it would have already been dead from you carrying it outside of water for that long. Yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of things. Yeah, it was a lot of things. But the but awful. the look of dude's body. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So all four points go to Shelby Overman. Whether it was his arm or his body when they're at the autopsy table, that is really the only time uh, that we get good gore. And in fact, because of those that scene, this is considered the goriest and bloodiest movie in the franchise. And I feel like that all goes to waste when you realize that besides the Shelby Overman stuff, it's all just blood clouds. Yeah. So... Sure. Yeah, but awful 3D, awful composite shots. Everything looks fucking fake in this movie. Every, like, the composite shots in fucking, uh, done with, like, an optical printer in the 50s looked better than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just awful. So we'll move on to, uh, Monster Killer. Go ahead, Jay. Monster Killer. Ba, 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 ba. No. <laughs> uh, I gave it a 7 because it's a shark. That has nothing to do with... Uh, the effects or the reasoning behind the shark attack, it's simply because it's a shark, and sharks are cool. Seven for it being a shark. Okay, Kenneth. I gave it a three. I did not like it. Um, I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like its movements. I didn't like anything about the fucking shark. I just gave it a three because it was a shark. That's it. Okay. I gave it a five. The shark just has no personality in this movie. It's dull, and it's the slowest shark I've ever seen, so it gets a five. Um, Hero J. Uh, what did I give Hero? I gave Hero a seven, uh, because the dolphins are badass. Seven oh, for the you badass gave it to dolphins. The dolphins. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I ha- I'm sorry. That, that, that maybe this shouldn't count, but I had to be. I had to throw a little bit of uh, a funny in there. Um, I'll allow it. <laughs> Kenneth. Um, I gave the hero a six and I could not decide who I wanted to go with, whether, and I'm, I'm with Jay on this, uh, whether it was the dolphins or whether it was Dennis Quaid or any of the rest of them, or, or I, I really couldn't, you know, uh, choose a solid one. So I just kind of pulled Dennis Quaid out of the hat out of the three, because I even counted his old lady in there. Um, and so I was just like, okay, who am I going to choose? Who am I going to choose? And I kind of any money, 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 it. And he turned out to be the one, so I gave him a six. All right. I I gave it a four for uh, both Michael and Catherine being the most boring hero cupper to ever be on fucking screen. Thank you, next. Um, (laughs) Score, soundtrack, design, Jay. Six. Nothing stood out. Nothing was annoying. You know, me and music and soundtracks. That's fair. Kenneth. Gave it a seven just because it had some classic Jaw shit in it other than that. There okay. wasn't really nothing spectacular. Um, I also gave it a seven. That classic hand job. Uh, the soundtrack is good, and and there is some great sound design. Uh, it's just unfortunately all undercut by not matching what's on screen. Uh, exciting music on top of very fucking dull shots of a slow moving shark. Um, so if it, I honestly the music's very strong, and it's just so undercut by what we're seeing on screen. 
Jay's favorite category, Scare Factor. <laughs> uh, I gave it a six. I don't know. I guess after all the other categories we talked about, that should probably be lower. Um, you guys are right. There's, like, no tension. Um, I think the most tense moment is when the, the, the tubes start to flood and they have to make it to that one room and, the, like, the door's closing. And that's it. That's probably the most tense thing in this movie. After that, it's like, who the fuck cares? Now they're and fine. And then they shut the door and forget about them until it's time yep. for the water to go down. Yep, that is absolutely correct. Uh, and even then, that tension is kind of cut by the fucking the, the special effects. And the guy be like, I need my wallet. It's like, what the fuck are you concerned about a wallet for right now? I don't... What are you doing? For go, real? I don't, so, I don't know. That That's what we get. All right, Kenneth. Uh, I came in with a three for the scare factor because it really wasn't anything I found scary other than uh, I gave it a point and a half for the tension in the tube and I gave it a point and a half for the dude getting eaten by the shark because that just wigs me out in general. Other than that, nothing else. All right. I gave it a five. Uh, at no point do I ever really feel a sense of dread. And I should. It's happening in a goddamn theme park. I love theme parks. Remember the dread in a Jurassic Park film? Well, you get none of that here, even with the guests trapped underwater. Hell, it feels like the movie forgets about them. So, yeah, I, I as you can tell, I, I wrote down longer things this time because I'm sick and I didn't know how and well you I'd hate do. This movie. And I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> um, but truly, like I, I like Jurassic Park scared me more about going to a theme park than Jaws three did, and Jurassic Park is like when they just open it up to bring like the pe- the, the fucking uh, backers of the council in to check it out. Like this is opening for fucking actual living customers and they're trapped underwater in a room that's halfway filled with water. And I feel nothing that should not be happening in a fucking horror movie set in a theme park. It just shouldn't. So fuck this. Uh, Next category, entertainment rewatchability, Jay. Uh, four. So uh, I watched this once when I, well, maybe maybe a couple times when I was younger uh, because it was on. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't rewatch this on purpose unless it was to show somebody else how bad it was. So four. Oh, fuck. I accidentally watched Jaws the 3D. <laughs> Oops. Um, Kenneth, go ahead. I gave it a three because most of the time, even I probably wouldn't rewatch this if it came across on TV uh, unless somebody else said, like my mom, because she'll leave it on just because it's a Jaws movie. But that would probably be the only time. And I'll be honest with you, um, unless I got to do it for a podcast again, I'll probably never watch it again. Um. Yeah, this one for me is is a four. Um, there really isn't any. Uh, maybe if you love 3D, you can have fun with it, but it's just a boring film to me. Uh, I'd rather watch Revenge of the Creature if I'm going to watch a monster stalker aquatic theme park. Um, I remember growing up, you know, this and Revenge with, and Jaws 2, they would all play all the time on, like, fucking uh, TBS and TNT and USA, and I'd watch them on there. But uh, when Jaws 3 came on, all of a sudden I had to go do homework. Go ahead. <laughs> so what's weird it was in the summer uh, um so okay we move on to uh 
pop culture Jay. Okay, so I have to uh, preface this score with the fact that I don't really know nothing about no Jaws. Um, I could I could easily score number one, but these other movies I don't. I'm not in like any Jaws community. I don't discuss them in horror groups. I've uh, I've never watched two, and until we watched the movies for this one, I've never watched four. Um, and again, I only watched three because it was on the pay channels when I was younger, and we didn't have Netflix to watch whatever we wanted back then. Um, so I had no idea how to score this, so I just threw it a five um, because I don't know I don't know much about the pop culture of it surrounding it, other than people think it's better than four, which Jerry told me before we recorded this episode. Yes. Um... And I do want to say I at no point tried to influence uh, Jay and Kenneth with their scores to make sure that they scored four higher than three for the record. So if they score four higher than three, I did not pay them with money or blowjobs. Uh, Kenneth, what did you give it for pop culture? I gave it an eight because from what I understand, this movie when it came out was actually really popular. And, and and you know, the crazy thing about this movie is, is as bad as it sucks, everybody knows it. You know this movie because it sucks. You know it this movie because the, the how far removed it was from the source material, how far fucking goddamn, how, how shitty that they did with the 3D effects, everything. I mean, you know, when it really comes down to it, the most conversations that people have about the Jaws franchise is either about one or three. You don't really hear a whole lot about two and you don't really hear a whole lot about four. Actually, you hear negative things about four, but, uh, but other than that, I mean, the most people talk about it to me from what I have, have gathered has been from one and three. All right. So I probably know Jaws the best. I am in three different, uh, Jaws groups on Facebook um actively um and uh i gave this a pop culture of five because this one is so overshadowed by the rest of the franchise that it's the least talked about because most time it's either jaws is the best or jaws 4 is the worst jaws 3 no one talks about jaws 2 no one talks about jaws 2 and 3 just do not get talked about uh jaws 2 stands on more ground because it at least has Roy Scheider in it um but, like, you would think Jaws 3 would get talked more about because of the bad effects and the 3D. Um, and, you know, and it being at SeaWorld and all this shit and it being removed from canon by 4. But every time you bring up how bad Jaws 3 is in a Jaws group, everyone will be quick to jump on you and go, yeah, but Jaws 4 is worse. Like, so fucking much. Like, you would not believe right, so. any time. Like, if you go and watch reviews on YouTube... There are three times as many Jaws the Revenge uh, reviews than any other film in the franchise. Um, Jaws, and, and none of them are actually reviewing Jaws the Revenge. They're just there to make fun of it. Uh, and it's funny if you go and watch the same person review Jaws 3D, they make the exact same fucking complaints about Jaws Revenge for Jaws 3D, but it's less of a fucking problem. It's always pissing me off. But like, for being in the Jaws community... Jaws 3D just does not get talked about. It's it's the least talked about in the franchise in the communities. Which to me is strange because it is the most different and stand out of the franchise. You know, yeah, it's see, I'm not in any of the thumb. groups or anything, so the stuff that I know about it, I don't I hardly ever hear people talk about Jaws 4. I, but, in, but that's my personal thing because I'm not in any of the groups or anything because I'm not into it as hardcore as you are. So, you know, and so everything that I've always heard is that the first one is fucking awesome and the third one sucks. Yeah, you I know? would say probably Jaws 2 
uh, is the one that gets talked about the least because it's kind of the most. It's it's like Jaws on a B budget, um, I, you know, and it doesn't have the thing of being like bad or good or anything like that, you know, where Jaws three and Jaws four at least get it, you know, the whole bad part of it. And see, I actually enjoyed Jaws two, even though I think it's pretty much the, the first movie over again. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's the slasher version. Yeah, um, it's a teen slasher. Jaws <gasps> two, really. Yeah, Jaws 2 is a teen slasher. 100%. A shark movie that's also a slasher? Yes. Well, I know what I'm watching. Um, it's a you little haven't slow. Seen it? No, I just said I hadn't seen yeah, it. No, he, oh, he said, my bad. Yeah, he said he hadn't <laughs> seen it. He said before this, before this show, he had only seen Jaws 1 and Jaws 3. He had never seen Jaws 2 or Jaws 4, and he still hasn't seen Jaws 2. Because he actually, Jay messaged me and was like, do I have to see Jaws 2 to understand Jaws 3 or 4? And I was like, no, you don't. Just yeah, understand no, no. that the Brody children are there, and that's it. Yeah. yeah, but watch the second one, man. I mean, I actually enjoyed it. Like I said, I mean, it's not as... I it's think good. Jerry. I think Jerry and I had a conversation about this uh, within the past year or so where, I, where I'd watched uh, the first two. and Because uh, I, I, I generally tend to watch the first Jaws movie at least once to twice a year. Same. And, uh, and I, yeah, and I'm always... Me and Jerry are always going back and forth about jokes about... Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Richard Dreyfuss' character. What's his name? Um, Cooper? Yeah, Hooper. You know how we're always making jokes about Hooper and Quint together and stuff like that. Oh know? yeah, I can't take this abuse much longer. longer. Yeah, and stuff like that. So. Uh, Kenneth and I use that line to each other anytime we're 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 talking about something and one of us is getting a little nagging. We'll throw that line in there to kind of <laughs> yeah. like be like, okay, next thing. And it um, used to not be nothing for me and Jerry to just start break out in songs. Show me the way, the way to, go. to go home. Doom, doom, doom. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. <laughs> right. Had a little drink about an hour ago <laughs> when it went straight to my head. I mean, I think everyone knows Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. It's been my favorite movie since I was four years old. I have a fucking VHS tape uh, from Kids Print uh, at Blockbuster where I say at five years old that my favorite fucking movie is Jaws. Oh, I love yeah. Jaws. Yeah, it's, so you should rip that footage and upload it to YouTube. I really want to get the software to do it. Uh, That'd I mean, be cool. I, I really need to. The only problem is I'd like... I, well, no, I think I still have a stand. I, I still have a standalone VHS player. I was about to say I don't. I've, my VHS player is built into my TV, but I think I've got a built. I've got a standalone one, and if not, I I've can got a couple. One Goodwill. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so you know, I I watch that one at least once or twice a year. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a it, it's a really good film, and so you know, when you get a chance, watch the second one. It was fairly yeah. decent. It can't yeah. be worse than the third. <laughs> it, no, it's much better. Man, oh my god, the boat explosion scene in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Are in the first quarter of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I mean, and it looks uh, the look of Jaws too. It's still got the same feel as the first one. Yes, it looks just like the first Jaws. It literally yeah. has the same look and feel of the first Jaws. It just doesn't have like the epic adventure feeling. Right. It's still it, good. It's more of a. Out. It's more of a Friday the Thirteenth slasher feel. Yeah. Watch Except it. It's good in the daylight. Um, okay. Last category we have is representation. This is of the show genre or horror in a whole. Jay. Uh, again, this is one that I think I landed a little high on, um, but it's also a subgenre that I have little to no experience with. Um, so it ended up with a six, but again, that's uh, with the caveat that uh, it probably shouldn't have. Fair enough. Um, 
what did why, why did you give it a six? I, I just felt like in like in like in the world of of all these shitty uh, sci-fi mega shark uh, style movies, this was at least like for all its fault, at least it was a grounded, plausible. Um, minus the the actual facts about sharks that got wrong, uh, shark movie. So that's okay. kind of where you know what I mean. Gotcha. Okay, Kenneth. I came in with a five, and 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 the reason why I did that is kind of the kind of the same thing that Jay's saying. I mean, it's definitely it's not the greatest shark movie in the world by far, but it's also not the shittiest one either. It's definitely it's definitely a better representation of shark movies than fucking goddamn Sharknado. Or three-headed shark attack, or two, whatever the fuck those movies are. So you know, I think it, I, I think it does a better job at representing the subgenre um, uh, of of shark attack movies than those do. So I kind of gave it a five. I kind of put it in the middle. Okay, I'm glad both of y'all said this because y'all kind of set me up. I gave it a four. Uh, this is the bottom of the serious shark film. Uh, before the genre breaks off into silliness with Sharknado and. Uh, how many heads can you fit on this shark um, movie? Uh, what you have here is the worst of the big-budget shark movie. Uh, it's a whole lot of nothing in a great setting. Um, and here after this movie, we will we continue to stay in the realm of serious shark movie. Um, though Jaws 4 is the birth of what would lead us off into the silly genre. So unfortunately, Sharknado and Sharktopus and... Uh, three-headed shark attack. All of that births off of Jaws: The Revenge, um, and Jaws 3D is kind of the last of the. Well, not last because we have Shark Attack one and two in 1999, which are both serious shark films. Uh, and we do continue in the late 90s and early 2000s get serious shark films. But this is definitely the the low the lowest of the we made it to theaters serious shark films. Right, and 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 I actually like the fact that now we're starting to we're starting to get like a resurgence of serious shark movies, you know, like with uh, the the movie about the girl who gets her arm bit off, and then uh, the shallows, yeah, yeah, the shallows down and the shallows really rebirth it, which I yeah. thought we were gonna get a rebirth of the serious shark film not too long ago because Shark Shark Night 3D, I enjoyed is, that one is is really good. It's more serious than you know three-headed it goes more in the like the vein of shark attack one and two like it's fun like it's still fun it has the fun of like a lake placid right um i mean i still i enjoyed shark night 3d um i thought it was good but like i said i mean now we're really starting to get a better a better resurgence of serious of serious ones because you know i mean obviously the first 47 meters down did fairly well you know i mean it's open water at the bottom of the at the bottom of the ocean and then uh you know now we got a sequel you know that's in the theater now um so i i i think i think that's a good resurgence of them and then on top of that with the shallows because i actually enjoyed the shallows um you know so yeah i, like, I, I really like the fact that we are i really like this resurgence of serious creature features I am such a fan of creature features. I love serious creature features, uh, especially when it comes to natural creature features that I'm really glad it's fucking coming back. Um, all right. So with that being said, here are the breakdowns of scores. Um, I came in the lowest with a 71. No surprise there. Jay came in the highest with 88 and Kenneth came right in the middle. Uh, well, actually more just slightly under Jay with an 86. So, 
Um, every all scores are under fucking ninety, uh, which says a fucking lot. Um, for this movie to make sure I actually really fucking paid attention and um, scored this properly to try to take off my bias, I took full on notes like I do when because normally with horror costume I don't take notes. I um, watch the movie and then immediately do my scores and type everything out. I took notes the entire time for this fucking movie. I could do a whole episode on just this fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, you could. Um, which, which, to me, is kind of fucking funny. But I did that for both Jaws the Revenge all, uh, and Jaws 3D just to make fucking uh, sure. Did you know that supposedly when uh, the shark blows up in Jaws 3D, one of those hunks uh, that flies out is a leather E.T. doll? A leather I, what? I've never, ever been able to see it. But supposedly one of those chunks that flies out is a leather E.T. doll. Oh, a leather E.T. doll. Okay. Yeah. I, it sounded like you were saying leathery T. doll. I'm like, what the fuck is a leathery T. doll? What is a T. doll? Why is this <laughs> made out of leather? <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I know talkie so well. A little, <laughs> little been sipping hard on the NyQuil there. Um, I'm high as a kite and my teeth are green. Merry fucking Christmas. Shout out to Dennis Leary. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't bring it up, but uh, God, how awful is that glass break scene where the sh- where Jaws breaks through the glass like it's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin fucking music. Shout out to fucking Dead Meat on YouTube for that reference. Uh, oh my God, it's so fucking bad. Uh, okay. That is Jaws 3D. We are about to uh, run into Jaws the Revenge. All right, so now we move to the fourth movie in the franchise. Uh, We have Jaws the Revenge. This time it's personal. Uh, From 1987, (laughs) Chief Brody's widow believes that her family is deliberately being targeted by another shark in search of revenge. We have Lauren Gray, not Lauren Gray, Lauren Gary returning as Ellen Brody. We have Lance Guest as Michael Brody, Mario Van Peebles as Jake, Karen Young as Carl Brody, Michael motherfucking Kane as Hoagie. We also have uh, the late Judith Barcy as Thea. Um... She uh, died. She was the girl who was the voice for Ducky and Land Before Time and Anne Marie and All Dogs Go to Heaven. Um, so she she's pretty famous for for being Ducky mostly. But uh, Lance Guest was one of the pallbearers at her funeral because she died not long after Jaws of Revenge came out. Wow. So very very sad. Uh, so we now we start with Jaws, and uh, as always, we're going in reverse order because I set myself up to go first for Jaws Revenge. Sucking nerds. I knew it. Um, all right. Story script. Um, I gave it a six. Yeah, it's kind of a stupid story, but if you just accept that this is a supernatural element added to it and that it's a psychic shark, then you can actually see the themes of grief that come to pass when tragedy haunts you because this movie is all about letting a tragedy haunt you. Uh, Ellen literally says it to to both uh, Hoagie and Michael how she's no longer going to let tragedy haunt her and keep her down like so if you can just get past the fact that it's a fucking psychic shark and if you can't tell it's a psychic shark I don't know how many times Ellen Brody or Michael Brody have to fucking Danny Boyle stare in the fucking uh, horizon like it's the shining for you to fucking accept it 
God damn it. I'm going to be a little mad in this one because uh, it really pisses me off that I, I made a post about Jaws of Revenge and someone was like, I never even got that it was a psychic shark. How did you not get that the shark's fucking psychic? How did you not? I don't understand how you don't get that in this fucking movie. Even if you think it's stupid, you should be able to ex get that. Anyway, uh, Kenneth, go ahead. I got an eight. I actually really like the story. Okay. I like the I like the fact that it brought back original characters. It completely omitted three. I like that. I like the fact that it brought back characters. The fucking, um, the way everybody fit together, fit together perfectly. Going back to Amity at the beginning of it was nice. I enjoyed that. Um, giving backstory based on what happened to damn Chief Brody and and so on. You know, I thought it was kind of strange that you know. Uh, Chief Brody died the way he died, but yet his son became a cop on the water in Amity and stuff like that, considering all the shit that happened between the two of them and whatever. I thought that was kind of strange, but otherwise, you know, I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, and 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 believe it or not, the the I actually really like the psychic link between damn, you know, the Brody family and the shark. I actually enjoy it. I do too. I I think it's a fucking solid story to pick up after where Jaws 2 left off. All right. Now, Jay, this is a first-time watch for you, so I'm very it interested. It is a first-time watch. What, okay, what so I gave got? this a seven. The story is, is way better than the uh, the the last story. Um, I picked up on the fact that it was a supernatural movie right from the get-go. I don't know how anybody could have an issue with this when the mom's having, like, fucking psychic visions and fucking everything else that's going on um but yeah i really enjoyed it um it is it is the the idea of a psychic shark is a little goofy however it's executed pretty well throughout so i definitely a seven nice and solid so now that it's established uh in the there was an original script for this that got altered heavily but the novelization of the movie for jaws of revenge is based on that script and in that script, we actually get an explanation for the psychic shark. Uh, what happens Struck is, by radioactive lightning. No, Michael Brody <laughs> actually gets into a fight on the island with a voodoo priest who Michael thinks is scamming uh, <laughs> poor <laughs> villagers. Uh, and he gets into a fight with him. So the fucking voodoo guy uh, takes uses a voodoo ritual to take psychic control over a shark and sends the shark after all of Michael Brody's family. That's fantastic. Yeah, figure out, throw that out there. All right, uh, we move on to cinematography, technical aspects. Um, I also gave this six. I kind of realized I may have went a little bit harder on this movie and slightly underscored because I was trying to take away my bias and maybe I, I went a little overboard, but we'll see by what y'all say. Um, I gave it a six. I feel like this movie is shot really well. There are so many great, colorful-looking shots, and I really enjoy a lot of the chase scenes and how they were filmed. Um, there's nothing crazy here, but nothing really looks bad. But there are a lot of shart, uh, shots that kind of do not hide, um, you know, the cranes and levers and shit that are holding the shark up, unfortunately. So you can kind of see a lot of, of that in this movie. Uh, which is unfortunate, uh, but I still think it's shot really fucking well, and I think the movie uh, is just a very beautiful-looking movie. Kenneth? I gave it a seven. Actually, I really didn't catch a lot of that stuff that you're talking about um, when I was watching it. Um, I actually really enjoyed watching this, to tell you the truth. Um, 
I had watched it before, but I actually really did. I gave the cinematography a seven. I actually really enjoyed it. I felt this movie felt like a Jaws movie. You know? At minimum, it feels like a shark movie. Well, to me, it felt like a Jaws movie. I mean, it didn't have the gritty, grainy look of the first two, but it felt like a 90s Jaws movie. I mean, yeah. that, when, when did this movie come out? 87. Okay, to me, it felt like goddamn... Uh, 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 to me, it felt like it came out like in the beginning of the 90s. Yeah. It had that kind of look to it. I agree. You know? You know what I'm saying? But that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like a Jaws movie to me that it came out in the early 90s. That's it what it looked like. It kind of has a high-budget, made-for-TV feel. Right. And so it looked good. I thought I thought the cinematography was good. I liked the underwater shots. I really liked those. The coral, you know, when he's down there and he's fucking around with the snails. Yeah. You know, that being inside the ship when the shark's coming at him. You know, uh, the shots that were done for that. So I, I actually really there, liked it. But there's it. a lot of, like telling stuff like uh at the end of the movie when they're all in the water after the shark's dead and he's like swimming over to jake in the background you can see the water lapping up against the sky wall like yeah, very I clearly yeah, I, I, I didn't I, even I, notice that i didn't either that's good well i mean again this is my first time watching it so of course I've, i'm paying attention is, to what the action is yeah this is my second most watched jaws film so because i really enjoy it um okay fair enough uh jay cinematography technical aspects what you got uh seven um it was again way better than the other one um the underwater shots especially were 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 just absolutely gorgeous um i i loved it um i mean obviously it it wasn't like mind-blowing because of the seven but everything it was just solid all the way around nothing nothing felt uh, annoying or off about any of it and the underwater stuff was really good yeah i agree okay character slash character development i gave it an eight this is where the movie shines for me really solid enjoyable realistic characters even in the tragedy of loss they must continue and even when they fight about stupid things they're still able to love each other uh for example michael and his wife fighting about taking out the trash um Ellen and Michael are great as they both deal with the internal conflict of what has happened. With Ellen, she has to wonder if she is crazy for believing a shark has a vendetta. But with Michael, he has to debate uh, if it's a coincidence that this goes against uh, science, which technically it does not go against science. The shark would actually be in the Bahamas, but inside the movie, it goes against his science. Um, or if the shark theories that his mother ha- is in his mother's head is right. Uh, Hoagie and Jake are just wonderful and funny. I wish they would have expanded more on Hoagie. I know in the novel, uh, Hoagie actually uh, has some drug running going on. Uh, that's what his laundry is. Um, and Jake is, is just fucking hilarious. I love him. And uh, Thea never really gets annoying. And for a kid in a horror movie, that's fucking wonderful. I love Thea always coming in and, and breaking up. Always reminding Ellen, reminding her grandmother that your son is dead. And you can't get mad at her because she's a kid. She doesn't know any better but to, you know, ask about Sean. You know, when she comes in and says, Sean's dead, you know. Is he ever coming back? Or when they're opening presents uh, during Christmas, by the way. It's a goddamn Christmas and New Year's Eve movie. Suck it, die hard. Um, you you have her going, Did you was Sean ever bad? Did you ever have to whip Sean and like, so Ellen is constantly reminded of the tragedy that has just happened by this little girl that she, that they can't really get onto because she doesn't really know better. She, she's a child. 
Um, I could go on and on about the characters, but I, I'm going to stop. Um, Kenneth, go ahead. Um, I give the character development an eight also. I mean, I think this movie did a very good job of fucking expanding on what was going on. You know what I'm saying? I think that, uh, the like you were saying, the pain of loss and things like that. I mean, you know, uh, uh, the mom having double time uh, of what she's dealing with because she just lost her son. She's lost her husband. And it's all due to, the, due to this fucking unfortunate family curse that they've got going with his sharks and so on. And, and 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 the bringing back of characters and stuff like that, like right when Sean dies, I mean, you see when they go w- when they're in the house and stuff, and they're all sitting there hanging out, um, and 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 she's outside looking at the water. You see what what, what, what uh, the Kettner mom? Yes, she, Alex Kettner's mom there? is in there. Yeah, and then you see the other lady, which was uh, I think worked in Brody's office or something yes, like that. You she was. you. Yeah, you see people from the first two movies. In fact, okay. uh, the guy who played Mayor Vaughn would have actually been in this movie, but he died right before filming to cancer. That sucks. Yeah, and so and so yeah. I mean, I think this movie did a great job of taking the characters, expanding on the lore, and keeping it rocking and rolling based on the story itself. I think it did a great job. So I come in with character development and eight. I thought All it was right. good. Hell yeah, Jay. Uh, I also gave it an eight. Um, I uh, I really there's actual development. First of all, uh, we see the mom go from uh, like quivering in fear to fucking badass by the end of the movie. We see her develop a whole new relationship. Um, the uh, older brother, who's he is the older brother, right? The older brother yes. who lives in the Bahamas. Um, we see him go through some shit with his wife and reconcile. Like, there's actual good character development in this, and I fucking love it. Uh, I thought everyone was was written very well. Um, the way the relationships play out and we get to see the the inner working and the minute details and stuff was really well done. So yeah. And I like the realism they bring to the characters. Like, uh, just having jokes like Jake saying, giving Michael that awful shirt and being like, I hope your sex life is as busy as your shirt. Um, or, you know, the casual conversation Ellen has with, um, uh, fucking, uh, Michael Brody's wife, uh, Carla about Hoagie and, you know, just, and even Michael bringing up Hoagie to like Jake when they're chasing the shark. Cause he's concerned about his mom. Like all the, all the dialogue in this movie is actually really well done. Hell the conversation where, when Jake comes up from the, uh, or no, when Michael comes up from the water and Jake's like, oh, we're working overtime, we're busting our ass and we're fucking doing, uh, working on Christmas Eve because of you. And at that point, you're like, holy shit, bro, his fucking brother just died. And Michael calls out on him and Jake's like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. I'm just fucking with you. You know, we miss you kind of thing. Like, it just feels really, really well done. Um, all right. Pacing and editing. Uh, I give this a seven. I feel like this movie moves along at the pace of a of a mild adventure. It has the tons to show you with the beauty of scenes spiced up with random shark action. Most of the shark scenes have editing that you can tell is hiding things, but at least it gives you better shots and actually moves along with the music way better. Um, I feel like this movie does not move you along uh, by just throwing you. Um, uh, problem after problem after problem, but you guide along as you go through the scenery and you see the everyday lives of these characters as they deal 
with this shark when they're in the water but when they're not in the water they're dealing with like personal drama and that all moves along very well and, and really helps the pacing um kenneth um i gave it an eight i i there was only maybe a couple of spots where I was just kind of like, eh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even though it was good for the character development, the scene where, where Hogue and, 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 and what's her name? The, the mom, Ellen, when they go, when they go to the dance thing and they're out on their little date or whatever, I mean, it was good for the character because she has that moment of, you know, realization of what's going on. And then I think if I'm not mistaken, she has one of those, uh, one of those fucking ESP moments with the shark. But, overall i mean other than that i mean the movie moves along pretty good so i gave it an eight yeah i like that scene where hoagie keeps telling her to kind of like you need to get over this whole shark shit and she's like you promised me a drink you need to get over this shark shit with an umbrella yeah (laughs) it's just really fun um jay what do you got for pacing and editing uh i gave it a seven um i tried i tried really hard not to base my scores on jaws 4 on how bad jaws 3 was and still try and keep it as uh, objective as possible, uh, but I had no real no real qualms with anything. the The stories and um, and whatnot that we get that aren't don't revolve around the shark are interesting enough to keep it going. Um, that I don't ever feel taken out of it, um, and it all comes together really well and helps with uh, the character development that I like so much. So no problems, no real complaints. Uh, solid seven from me. All right, we move on to atmosphere. Um, I gave it a six. It has an adventure island atmosphere, and it keeps up with that. It spices up with uh, a bit of paranoia intrigue with uh, with the whole shark and Ellen Brody thing. I actually feel like I was pretty low on this, and I should have been higher. So if I was supposed to be higher, Kenneth will have ranked it higher. Go ahead, Kenneth. I gave it a seven. I thought the atmosphere was uh fairly decent i mean um i like i like the fact that you go completely from the the darker dismal cold rainy of amity island in the wintertime to the atmosphere of the you know the the paradise tropics you know and and then when you get down there to the paradise tropics it keeps it very well um and then also the fucking the 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 dynamic shift when they're underwater and stuff like that, you still kind of have that tropic feel, but at the same time, it gives you, it, it definitely gives you much more of the isolation feel when he's under the water and stuff like that than the third one did. So I, I, I came in with a seven. I thought the atmosphere was actually pretty spot on for what they were trying to do in this, even when it comes down to some of the lingering spots where you're like, where, where you can tell that Michael is in very, very deep thought and things like that, I think the atmosphere still stayed the same because the fact that he was in a paradise-type area didn't ruin the uh, the extreme contemplation and tension that you could definitely feel coming off of him in the area. Yeah, and they do a good job of, of enforcing that by showing him, like, hiding stuff from his mom and his wife and how it affects their conversations. Right. This is really well done. Jay... Uh, if I'm right about atmosphere that I should have scored a point higher, you also will have scored this higher than a six. What did you give it? I gave it an eight. Yep, um, I see I should have scored higher. And the the tension is fantastic in this movie. Um, when he's down in the little uh, submersible and, and the shark's coming after him, um, when we know the shark is around and it's just like the tension is really good. Um, and then, of course, anytime that we're not in a shark uh, situation – the just whole Caribbean island Bahamas uh, feel is is very well portrayed. Um, 
So I just, it was fantastic all around. Nice. Okay, we move on to scenery and set design. I gave this an eight. Oh man, Amity looks great. Uh, it looks exactly what I think Amity would look like in the winter. It's actually nice to kind of see it in the winter compared to always seeing it like in the summer. Um, and who doesn't want to see the beauty of the fucking tropics? The water looks crisp and clear. I want to be there. While there are no huge set pieces, the franchise isn't really known for huge set pieces besides like, you know, SeaWorld. It's always been about like the natural look of wherever they are. Amity looks natural as to what a, you know, a sea town would look like that makes its money off the summer. And the Bahamas looks like the fucking Bahamas. It's very much touristy. It's very much crystal clear water and beaches and fucking parties. And, and that's what we're looking for. This is a better advertisement for the Bahamas than Jaws 3D is for SeaWorld, to be honest. Yes. Okay. Uh, so um, I gave that an eight. Uh, Kenneth, where are you at? I'm also coming in with an eight, man. I thought the scenery and set design was great. Um, I, I again, I liked going back to Amity Island. I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, because uh, Amity Island, you know, regardless of the time period that you're in, Amity Island has just got a look. It it really does. It has that fucking god. It's it's that East Coast uh, beach but not it's like that east coast northern type main type area you know what i'm saying even though i don't think amity's up that far but uh it may be i can't remember exactly where amity island is but it's got more of that you know it's how can i say it it's like touristy and beachy but fishermany at the same time yes exactly it's got that east coastal fisherman yeah vibe. yeah yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it it, it it almost reminds me of that fucking town that they were in in that movie Storm of the Century. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's definitely got more of that look to it. And I actually like that for a movie that take that especially in the first two Jaws movies for for movies that that do this kind of thing. And then like you said, seeing the backside of it where you get to see it during the winter time where it's cold and fucking snow and shit like that because most of the time when we think about beachside areas and shit like that, we don't think about fucking snow. You know what I'm saying? We always think about goddamn shit like the Bahamas, you know, or Florida or, or California or places like that. You don't ever think about snow being on the fucking beach, you know? So I really like the fact that they showed that to us. And then when you get down to the Bahamas, like Jerry said, I mean, it's the fucking Bahamas. You know what I'm saying? It's paradise. Clear water. It's fucking blue. You know what I'm saying? You you, you hardly ever hear about a flesh-eating virus killing people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like I said, it's the Bahamas. So I came in with the scenery and set design at an 8. I thought it was good. All right, Jay. Uh, I also gave it an 8. Everything looked exactly how I would expect it to look. Um, I actually grew up on the East Coast, so I got to see plenty of East Coast winters, and it was uh, exactly... Um, exactly like uh new england and those surrounding areas look in in the winters that was absolutely spot on i've never been to the bahamas but if i had to guess that would be how it looks <laughs> um but everything everything was was really good um the the club bar casino thing they were at looked really good uh in the town when they were dancing the uh, the beach house everything just looked phenomenal yep okay we move on to acting um i gave it a seven all the acting here is fine with even the little girl doing a fine job. There are a few places like Michael screaming Jake's name uh, where it does kind of fall off for a second. But other than that, I feel like everyone does a good job and I I really enjoy being part of it. Um, Kenneth. 
I gave it a nine. I thought the acting was great in this movie. I thought the I never felt like that the relationship between Ellen and Mike was was not genuine. I never felt like the relationship between him and his uh, him and his wife was not genuine. Um, I really like that. The relationship between um, Jake and his old lady, same thing. Um, and then you got a dude that played Hogue. His, you know, his, his acting is always fucking good. Um, Michael Caine, that's his name? Yes, Michael yeah. Caine. Yeah, his acting, man. I mean, there's I have I have never seen a movie with him act with him in it that his acting wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? So I I think overall, I think the acting all the way around was pretty good. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Never had a major problem with it. There was never a moment where anything took me out of the movie. I actually enjoyed all of it, so I gave it a nine. Fair enough, Jay. Uh, I gave the acting a seven for some reason. Um, that also seems wrong. I, I feel like I should have scored higher also if it makes you feel better. But like I said, yeah. I think I scored a point under in almost every category. Um, That's fair. So um, I liked I, I really liked Michael Caine. Um, I think everybody in general did a great job. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody I actually had a problem with, but I can't really can't really think of anything. I mean, the shark was a little dry in some of its its line delivery, but. Uh, all right, especially the roaring at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was solid all around. No real complaints. But I guess a seven is kind of a solid score. So yeah, that works. Okay. Special effects, kills, and gore. Um, I gave this a seven. There isn't a ton in this film, but what we do get, I feel, is pretty solid. I love the banana boat attack. It is one of my favorite uh, shark attack scenes ever. I love the sunken ship chase. I think that's just a lot of fun. Um, I do prefer the alternate end uh, where there is no explosion, even if it does look, the shark looks pretty fucking terrible in that. I do like that better, though, because I like seeing the shark fall down, gliding down to the bottom with half the fucking front of the ship sticking out of it. Um, So, and there's only technically two deaths in this movie, uh, Sean Brody and then um, I think... Margaret's mother or something like that who dies on the banana boat. So very weak on actual attacks, but the movie is, is a psychological, uh, you know, thriller type movie. It's not exactly supposed to have a bunch of kills. This isn't like, it's kind of the same way where like Nightmare on Elm Street, a lot of times doesn't have a lot of kills in it, but like it makes up for it by having very creative kills in this one. The kills are there more to, uh, help set up tension and have like some kind of personality to them. They're there to affect you in a way that's not, oh, that, you know, was was a cool kill. It's more of like, oh, shit, think how this fucking affects Ellen Brody. Every kill is there to set up to affect um, Ellen and Michael. So that's just kind of how I look at it. Um, so I give it a seven. I actually do not feel I should have given it more, um, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if people – uh, gave this a little bit lower. I do think the shark looks better here than it does in part three. Uh, Kenneth. I came in with a solid hand job. Yeah. Hit him with that seven. Yeah. I mean, because you know, the, the, I'm a I'm in a complete agreement with you. The fucking banana boat kill was fucking, Oh, it was terrifying. I mean, it looked fucking great. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, that was probably the shine of this um sean's death at the beginning i thought was really cool i think he delivered the terror of the fact that he was about to die very well and then the with his arm off and in the uh 
in the boat and stuff like that. I, and oh I, my god, I, that black water with the red flashing light contrasting with his yellow coat. Oh, it looks so fucking good. The right. opening to this movie um, looks so fucking good. I love the title screen of Jaws of Revenge popping up in red on that black. It actually kind of reminds me of um, the the opening for Ninja Turtles movies. Right, right, right. I, I agree with you, but but yeah, man. I mean, Sean's death was actually really terrifying. I would have to say his 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 death was more scary. You know what I'm saying? Like like from a from a, a deep recesses of your of your insides kind of thing. And then damn girl on the banana boat's fucking death was just like holy shit, fucked up. You know what I mean? And so, like, the combination of the two. So I got to give credit for both of those. And then I thought that it looked fairly well. The shark the shark looks okay. You know what I'm saying? It definitely looks better than the one in three. And, uh, you know, even though you can kind of see the frame of it inside. But other than that, I mean, it. so I gave it a seven. Good solid hand job. It's not bad. The model for the shark was actually at Universal Studios all the way up until, like, 2002. Uh, it was kept outside on display. So there's a video you can watch on YouTube where this guy kept coming back to it year uh, every couple of years, and you'd see how much it deteriorated every single time until it was finally just gone in 2002. Um, I'll, have, I'll watch that. Uh, it's very cool. Um, there's also, I don't know if y'all have seen this, speaking of special effects, someone uh, edited the this movie where they took shark the shark scenes in it and took the fake shark out and put a real shark in. Oh, that'd should, be cool. Yeah, y'all should check that. It's pretty neat. Uh, Jay, what did you have for special effects? Kills uh, I gave it a seven. Uh, most of it looked pretty good. Uh, there are some scenes with the shark, um, and I actually feel this way about the original Jaws too. Uh, there's some scenes with the shark that just like it. It just looks like a shark part prop, and there's no real getting around that, regardless of how well it's all done. Agreed. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, it's definitely enjoyable, and there's no. Uh, there's nothing ripping me out of it. No, no effects that were like, oh god, now I know I'm in a shitty 3D movie. Um, so yeah. Uh, definitely, at, yeah. But solid seven, easy. At some point, your your fake movie shark looks like a fake movie shark in your fake movie shark movie. Right. Like that's just something you kind of have to accept, and it's there even in Jaws. That's why I don't get when people complain about Jaws or even the original Godzilla, where they're like. Oh yeah, well the suit just doesn't look good, or well the shark doesn't look good, and it's like, what? What? <laughs> it's not real. The fuck do you want them to do? I don't understand it. Okay, um, we go on to Monster Killer. I gave this a seven. Say what you want, but I fucking love Psychic Shark. If this movie, if this was a movie today, they would focus on the shark and its psychic ability so fucking much that it would come to the point of ridiculous. The shark would move its fucking fin and say red rum to you. Um, but in this one, they left it all unsaid and it's just for you to decide if Ellen is right or not. And Ellen and fucking Michael Brody basically doing the Danny Boyle fucking shine staring out is just fucking great. Them having dreams and having visions and, like, feeling the shark coming. Um, you can notice Ellen, like, knows something is about to happen right before the banana boat gets hit. Um, it's fucking great. I love the killer shark in this. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I feel like I even should have scored it higher once again, which makes me believe that both Kenneth and Jay will come up with a higher than a 7 for Psychic Shark. Kenneth, what did you come up with? Um, I gave it. I gave it a six. 
Oh, but lower. Okay, shit. Damn. Okay, yeah. fuck me. Yeah, I gave it. I second. gave it a six. Um, you know, I mean, I thought the shark was pretty good. Uh, the uh, the 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 idea behind Psychic Shark, I actually was not bothered by at all. Um, but you know, the reason why I gave it a six is just because of the way it looks. Sometimes, you know, like uh, it looks it a big. It looks like it looks dumb and not like it. Not like all oh, that prop looks stupid, but more in like when a dog just looks very dumb. Yeah, kind of like that, like absent, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the scenes, like the biggest one that really did it to me was when uh, Michael's inside the the ship or whatever that's sunk at the bottom, and you see the shadow of the shark going over over the top of it. And oh, I'm looking yeah. at it, and I'm just like, there really is no personality to this thing. It looks like something is just pulling it through the water. Yeah, at least it does have a little bit of uh, tail movement. But it's cool when you watch that video I was talking about where they put the real shark in. And that one, the way the shark moves. And that one, it really makes you go, man, these fucking props were really stiff. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, there's this, there, 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 there's this shit about it that I was just, you know, it, it just looked kind of stale and whatever. But overall, I like the idea behind it, so I gave it a six. Yeah, well, stale bread is still bread. Um, Jay, what did you give it? I gave it an eight. I did end up higher on you. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love the idea. And like you said, it's, uh, it's not cheesy. It's not sci-fi. Like, it, yes, it's cheesy. You can't have a psychic shark with a psychic connection to one of its victims uh, without it being cheesy. But it's not cheesy in, like, sci-fi style cheesy. It's just... It works. It works. They introduce it. Um, they kind of put it like they put it out there and then they kind of put it on the back burner except for a few scenes. And it just works perfectly the way that it's done. So I absolutely love the concept of a shark uh, that is is linked to a family um, trying to finish them off and uh, following them all the way to a uh, habitat it doesn't normally inhabit. Nice. Okay. Another category we move into is Hero. This one I also feel like I'm a point lower than I should be. Um, I gave it a 7. Both Ellen and Michael do a good job of being likable and of killing the fucking shark. It's a great mother-son tag team battle. Uh, and now this movie doesn't really focus on them being heroes, uh, but more of them just being regular people. Um, they don't have to like overcome giant odds to win or anything like that. They just run the stupid boat into the stupid fucking shark and it dies. Uh, but I still think because of how likable and realistic they are that I should have scored this higher as they feel like much more natural uh, heroes. Kenneth? Um, I gave the hero an eight. I think that I think the reason why I gave it a high score is because I think the dynamic of them having to overcome their past to be able to get through this scenario. I mean, Mike in general, you know, I mean, he may have been doing some stupid things, but he also had to get over his past to be able to for him and his buddy to to quote-unquote study this thing and then you know uh ellen having to get over everything that she was even to get herself out on the boat you know uh, when she went out there and then having to get past the fact of you know so many different things that she had to overcome so i uh i i gave them both an eight i actually thought they were uh fairly decent as heroes and then you know killing the shark at the end of it so i thought i was gave it an eight yeah, because you look at, like, the scene with Ellen building the sandcastle, and when she backs up into the water, she kind of, like, freezes and freaks out a little bit. Like, she's terrified of that water. She has that dream of being swimming in the water and being attacked. Um, so for her to jump on a fucking boat and go pilot that shit. Um, right. 
I don't know how she knows how to drive a boat. I'm assuming Michael Myers taught her, you know, because he knows how to drive everything, apparently. Dude, um, no, no, no. She grew up in a fucking, like, beach town, boating no, she town. Not. No, she did not. She's and lived there for a while? She's lived there for a while, but she did not grow up there. Her and uh, okay. Chief Brody moved there uh, for or whatever. Either job. way, she's been there for they, a while. She I assume she would have learned to... She grew up in New York City. All right. Well, I'm assuming she would have learned to drive a boat at some point. Nope, she wouldn't have because not long after uh, them getting uh, to Amity Island is when the incidents in Jaws 1 and Jaws 2 happen, and she uh, never goes in the water. Oh, all right. You win. Whatever. Yeah, bitch. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Jay, what did you score, Hero? Uh, I gave it a, a 9, um, and it's all for uh, for the mom. I mean, the other guys are cool, too, but... The fucking mom, man. She just turns so fucking badass. She takes all of her her fear and her anxieties and just fucking gives it to that shark. She's like, you know what? Fuck you, shark. And it's just such a satisfying moment to watch with her, the way her character development develops over the movie and to end with her being able to deliver the final blow, explosion or not, just is fucking so satisfying. I, I agree. Um by the way, uh, you, you I remember you asking, do they explain uh, how why the shark blows up? Um, yes, they do. When um, Jake uh, when Jake and Brody and Hoagie arrive on the ship, Jake starts building that contrapment and talks about how this will send shocks into the fucking shark uh, uh, by the re- reaction to it. And he says, and, and he actually mentions uh, blowing it up. So oh. it's, it's it's like one line in there, but he does actually mention it. Um, also, in case you didn't know, the Jaws game for the original Nintendo is actually based on this movie. Um, and it's a great fucking game that people shit on when they shouldn't because it's actually like an early action RPG. So, fuck it, suck it, nerds. Um, okay. <laughs> Scores, soundtrack, and sound design. I gave it an 8. I fucking love this soundtrack. Now, to be fair, a lot of that is because they're reusing a lot of the original Jaws score, but there is some new music, and that eerie twinkling that has this mysterious feel they keep using when they, like, stare off into the water and shit, I fucking love that little uh, score. It, it is absolutely wonderful. I, um, I, I would love to fucking use that in more movies. So, um... I gave this an eight. It's just wonderful, uh, Kenneth. I gave it a seven. I mean, I thought the score was pretty good using original Jaws tropes and stuff like that. Uh, I probably would have rated it one higher just because I liked uh, same as you. I liked the little twinkling thing. So, but uh, yeah, that was that's where I'm at on that. I gave it a seven. I thought it was pretty good. I was trying to figure out how to describe that 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 piece of music, and I was like, you know, it kind of it fucking twinkles. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that that me saying twinkle absolutely made you think of it. Um, Jay, what did you have for score soundtrack? All right. So everybody knows I'm terrible with this category. Uh, I gave it a six just to try and keep it fair because I was, again, nothing that uh, that stood out, but nothing that was really terrible or annoying or anything. So kept it did, at a six so it didn't did throw you, off the scores. Did you notice it was using original Jaws music? I I mean, don't both of them have the original theme at or a variation of it well, at least? Well, like like besides the Donna Donna, but like using the actual like adventure theme from the first movie. Oh God, no! I would have never picked up. Oh, okay. on that. I, it's okay. been so long Da-da-da-da. since I watched the first one. 
Uh, no, 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 not the Jaws Da-na. theme. Not that one. Uh, the fucking adventure one. Ah. Uh. I can't get it in my head now. Yeah, I'm bad with music, but okay. We'll move on to Scare Factor. Uh, I gave this a five. This is actually not very scary to me since I'm not a Brody and it's very unlikely uh, that a supernatural shark is going to try to kill me and my family. Uh, It is kind of hard to put yourself into it, but in retrospect, I maybe should have scored this a bit higher when I think of it as like being a metaphor for grief and overcoming... um, uh, personal tragedy uh and maybe scored it a little bit higher this is kind of like if hereditary was a shark movie right you know i I, um, I can get that i can get that okay well what did you score kenneth i gave it a six i mean i thought scare factor was okay um the 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 uh i think the biggest thing that got me is like the terrifying moments like at the beginning when sean dies and stuff like that i mean that was pretty terrifying so i uh but it wasn't it was more more of one of those things where it's like i don't really feel unnerved throughout this movie i actually just kind of enjoy watching it and so it had elements of being scary but it wasn't like overly you know what i'm saying like you know give me anxiety or anything else like that it's more of a it had scary moments but i'm looking forward to the adventure of what's next nice okay uh jay uh scare factor i gave a 7 um, there are some some truly tense moments uh, in the movie. Um, I mean, even though we know that everyone's probably going to be okay. Um, even that opening scene, um, even though you assume that, you know, he's going to he's gonna eat it, it's, they did a really good job with the tension, and that, uh, that helped, helped me convey the fear that the characters would have been feeling. Um, so, solid, uh, solid seven from me. Nice. All right, we move on to entertainment. We watch Ability... Um, I gave it an 8. Besides the first, this is my second most uh, watched movie in the franchise. I just have a good time with it. The setting is fun. The adventure feel is great. And I re- I really love the characters. Like, I probably, if I watch Jaws once or twice a year, I probably watch Jaws Revenge, if not once a year, once every other year. Um, I, I, I know I've actually watched Jaws Revenge uh, three times this year already. Uh, I've actually watched <laughs> nice. Jaws of Revenge more than Jaws this year because I've watched Jaws twice and I've now watched Jaws of Revenge three times. Um, so, because I watched them all back in October and then I watched um, Jaws and Jaws of Revenge over the summer and then I just watched Jaws of Revenge again for this. So, bam. Um, and I had fun every single time watching Jaws of Revenge. Kenneth, entertainment, rewatchability. I gave it an eight. Yeah. I actually really enjoy watching this movie, and I probably would definitely watch it if I came across it on TV. And uh, it's probably one of those movies that I'll probably end up watching again sometime this year. I actually really enjoy it. It's a it's a good movie. It keeps me entertained, so I give it an eight. Yeah, I'm adding it to my Christmas watch this year. So. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Jay, what did you give it? Uh, so I gave it a six, and this is this is kind of one of those categories that is hard to be objective on. So it just comes down to like personal. Oh yeah, for sure. But I've never really uh, had a drive to watch the the Jaws movies at all. Um, this one was better than three, and I would watch it over three. Um, if I was in the mood for shark movies, you know, I'd watch. I got to watch two to know how I feel about it. But I'd watch one, two, and four. Um, but they're just in general, shark movies aren't something I I seek out. I kind of get in the mood for something along those lines every now and then. Um, but it's not one that I would I would personally 
choose over some of the other stuff that I own. That's fair. Okay. Uh, pop culture. Uh, I gave it an eight. Known as one of the worst films of all time uh, and the worst in the Jaws franchise, which I highly disagree with, uh, it has become synonymous with bad movie sequels. But I think truly it's that people can't get over the psychic shark angle. If they did, they would realize it's a very fun movie. In fact, I hear all the time how this movie was a bomb, but it actually made money at the box office, making over double its fucking budget. So go fuck yourself. The movie did not flop. It did not bomb. No Jaws movie bombed. Uh, They all made fucking money. Um, and I would say while doubling your box office isn't, you know, um, blowing it out of the water, uh, most of the time when you buy something to resell it, you're looking to make double your money. Uh, so therefore the movie did very well at theaters. Um, and like I said, it has this stigma where people would rather shit on it, uh, because of the, hold on, how'd the shark follow them from fucking Amity to the Bahamas? Instead of actually giving it a chance and realizing that there that once you just accept the psychic shark, you can then move on to the next stage of realizing that this is a a uh, fucking thriller that deals with with loss and grief and deals with the mental stress of having to deal with everything and overcoming your fears. There are literally lines in the movie that directly talk about that like Ellen straight up tells Michael that she's no go- no longer going to let the tragedy and fear run her life like they put so much of it right in your face but no one hears any of that important shit because they're just like ho 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 fucking the shark followed them from new york get out of here it's so fucking stupid i hate it it pisses me off and i don't like it kenneth um i give the pop culture status a seven i mean again it's one of those things that i don't know a whole lot about from personal you know what i mean um but uh you know the same things that Jerry said. It's got a, it, it, this movie catches such a bad rap, and it shouldn't because it it's actually a very decent movie. It's fun to watch. It's entertaining. It's got decent effects. I mean, you know, it's got a good story to it that definitely makes uh, definitely makes up. It picks up where the other ones left off. I mean, it's a it's a good movie. I honestly think that if the same movie were made today with the uh, craze that we're getting now, where they're omitting things in the middle, I don't think it would do it. It would catch such a shitty fucking thing as it does as it did when it came out yeah it would be just another ghost shark or something like that where there's like oh yeah look at this fun sci-fi fucking stupid shark movie let's drink and have fun yeah i don't think it would catch nearly as much shit as it did for the time yeah um jay what did you have um so again this is a category that i felt i had to be uh even and fair in because the same reasons i gave Jaws 3 of 5, I gave this one a 5 because I'm just not familiar enough with these and their place within the horror universe and pop culture in general. I don't think it would be fair for me to score them anything but the same um, just because of my lack of knowledge. That's fair. Okay, uh, last category we have is representation of its subgenre or horror in a whole. Um, I gave this a 5. This is not one I would use to represent this genre. Uh, it also shows the move away from it just being a normal shark. After this, all the sharks have to have something. Here it's being psychic uh, and shark attack in Deep Blue Sea. They have been modified with science, and soon it's multiple heads and weather combos. Um, the I do think it shows the adventure side of a creature feature very well, but that's about it. Other than that, this kind of shows... Now, technically, there were movies beforehand that did do like genetically modified uh, monsters. Uh, like There's Devilfish, which is a basically sharktopus before sharktopus um 
that happened before this movie. But nonetheless, this is like where we really get like there's something uh, abnormal or supernatural about the the shark in question. Uh, so I, I gave it a five because I, I would not show this to represent the genre. Uh, Kenneth, what did you do? Um, I gave it a seven because even though you've got those things in there that people always, you know, are going to question and stuff like that, as a representation of the horror genre, um, I think it takes some of the tropes and I think it puts them in there and. and if you can if you can watch this movie and think outside the box a little bit like we've talked about before i think it does a fairly good job of representing the 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 you know the how can i put it um I think it does a good job of representing horror in itself because of all the, if you really take a look at all the horror movies that we've watched and things like that, some of them out there get very ridiculous. I don't think this one gets that far out into the ridiculous level. Um, there's a couple of things obviously that are questionable, you know, like the shark following them all the way down to the Bahamas in the, sp in the span of an airplane ride. And then, you know, uh, uh, and then the psychic thing about it, but you know, uh, how, if you really take the time to think about it, how far fetched do we actually get a lot of times when we're watching these kinds of movies? I mean, you know, you can use very, very, uh, very realistic fucking, uh, examples of what we, of what we watch as horror fans. And then you can, then you can take things that are absolutely outlandish. I mean, for instance, you know, you take the uh, you take the lore of the leprechaun, you know, and then look at what we got when we when we decided to make a fucking horror leprechaun movie. I mean, come on, mm -hmm. you know. So it's like, I mean, when it really comes down to it, are you gonna when you're representing the horror genre with this movie, is it really that big of a deal to choose this one to go at it? Because the special effects aren't bad like they were in the third one. You know what I'm saying? That is a bad representation of the horror genre because some of the movies out there that we that we love and care about have amazing special effects. So would you want somebody to watch Jaws 3D or would you want them to watch Jaws 4 if you had to pick between the two of it to represent? And the same thing when you're representing the genre of, of, of shark movies. This movie, to me, definitely has a level of seriousness that people really throw, throw to the wayside, like what Jerry was bringing up. This movie, it... it, it people fucking disregard it because of just those main two key factors when there's actually a lot of personal drama going on in this movie. So it definitely has the seriousness and before it gets way out there silly. I mean, you know, you take, uh, you take the psychological thing of it, of a psychic shark, and then you pin that up between goddamn sharks getting sucked up into a fucking tornado and thrown all over a town. And they survive when they're fucking spinning around in this goddamn tornado, how they do that outside of the water or whatever. Uh, it's fucking baffling to me, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, people, I mean, really, you want to talk about silliness? Let's talk about silliness. So as a representation of the horror genre and as a representation of, of, of shark creature features, I don't think it does an absolutely terrible job by any means. So it's got a classic hand job for me. All right. Uh, Jay. Uh, give me one second. Sorry, my notepad app is based on the internet and it froze, so I needed to pull it up on my drive. Uh, representation. I gave it a seven, and I have absolutely no way that I can follow Kenneth with anything that'll help add to what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it was good. It was it's a good shark movie. Um, I would put it in a list of shark movies if people were like, hey, what's a good shark movie? Um, I would definitely represent it way or represent it, recommend it way more than I would part three, um, and way more than any of those uh, like really bad CGI sci-fi crazy giant shark movies. Um, so yeah, solid seven. Yeah. So one of the things I want to bring up before we we get out of here, well, I guess let me do the scores real quick. Uh, so. Uh, I came in at, at the lowest at 103, and I and like I said throughout this whole thing, I felt like I should have been a point higher on a lot of these. Um, Jay came in the middle with 107, and Kenneth came in uh, at the top with 111. Uh, Jaws, for, uh, Jaws of Revenge is the clear winner here. But before we get out of here, I want to bring up something. Um, you know, people talk about this movie where the shark wouldn't follow a family down the Bahamas. Um a shark also wouldn't swim into uh, SeaWorld to take revenge for its fucking uh, baby shark that just died, that it did not know died. Um, that's bullshit. But, but one of the complaints people have at the, about this movie is the end of the movie where the shark roars. And I just want to point out that the shark roars in every single Jaws movie. Even in the original Jaws, there's a scene uh, where a, as it's breaching the water and eating um, the rope, trying to get back to uh, the fucking boat uh, and where Hooper and uh, Brody are trying to untie the rope because it's pulling off the pleats um, and Quint shoots it in the head. There is a scene and I posted it in our Facebook group already. It's already there because I posted it uh, yesterday, I think, uh, where you can hear the shark as it comes out of the water there is a fucking growling noise. Um, and then at the end of Jaws, we all remember as the shark is dying, floating down from exploding, there are dinosaur roars. There's no explanation for why those are there except to be a death growl to make you feel sorry for the shark to improve the scene. Uh, and that's what all the shark wars in the Jaws movies are. They're there to indicate that it's a monster for you to understand that it is a monster that it's animalistic and it is in every jaws movie it growled in jaws fucking three i did not double check to see if it growled in jaws 2 someone else brought up that it does uh, i forgot to go check but i did double check there are growls twice in, in uh the original jaws there is a uh fucking growl in jaws 3 and there's obviously the biggest one in this one and this one I is think the one it that always catches two. it in part two, I think it did too, and it's getting fried. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I and I had in uh, some, when I brought up that all the all my personal Facebook page, I made a post that all the Jaws Revenge uh, reviews on YouTube are trash. And someone's like, "Well, I mean, it's a fucking shark roaring." And I'm like, "Almost every Jaws movie has that. The original Jaws had it." And the guy replied, "The shark did not scream in the original Jaws." I went and found a video. It does. Uh, and but I brought up they played the roars as it was dying. Go back and watch the sink. That's not the shark roaring. Well, what the fuck is it? Uh, so I was like, well, what do you think it is? Random roaring in the soundtrack? His reply is, Steven Spielberg did not make the stupid decision to have the shark be silent in the entire movie only to start roaring once his mouth was blown up. Well, I found a video where it roars earlier in the movie, but whatever. So I said, then what is the roaring? What is the logical explanation? Look, Jaws is my favorite movie of all time and has been since I was four. But let's be honest, the roaring as the shark sinks Never made sense. It seems like it's there to be a death cry of a shark to invoke an emotional response from the audience. This guy never responded back. Uh, Jonathan Tohoscope 
he ended up chiming in. He's from uh, the Late Night Sakurama uh, podcast. Check them out. The, the fucking awesome. They cover some fucking uh, movies, horror movies that I haven't even fucking seen. So that's fucking impressive to me. Um, and he says, there is no logical explanation to the shark roaring at the end. It was added merely as a way to set the mood to the death scene. He did the same thing with the truck and duel, which backs up what I had just said, that it's there to invoke emotional response from the audience. Um, it's just, and even at that, if you think about the, 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 at the end of duel, the truck screaming and stuff like that, hell, the same thing fucking happens. And this ain't Steven Spielberg, but the same thing happens when the truck gets shot at the end of maximum overdrive. You know, it's a fucking truck, but it still makes a roaring sound when it gets fucking blown up at the end of that movie. And 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 that's exactly what it's there for. It's what y'all said. It's what you said it was there for. It's it's to invoke an emotional response from us to us be just like, oh, or or whatever, or be like, or or have a yay or whatever it is. You know, when you're when you know this thing is dying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, that's exactly what it's there for. And in Jaws three, the shark swims backwards. Sharks cannot swim backwards. Uh, the shark in Jaws 3, when it dies, the baby shark, it floats. Sharks do not float. Um, and, in, and, and that's even worse in, in fucking, uh, Jaws 3D because they're supposed to be, one of the characters is a goddamn marine biologist. Mm-hmm. And there, and I was watching some of the special, um, behind the scenes stuff for that movie that's on YouTube, which I don't know why there's all this special behind the scenes stuff on YouTube for the movie, but they didn't put it on the Blu-ray. Makes no fucking sense to me. But um, in there, one of the guys was talking about, yeah, someone did their research. This movie is really accurate. And I'm like, nah, just just no. It's fucking not. Uh, the Jaws would not seek, the shark would not seek revenge for its child. It would try to eat its child. Sharks cannot swim backwards. Uh, that is just as big of an impossibility as they cannot fucking roar. Um, so I don't know why people always let that go. Shit, Deep Blue Sea made fun of it. Uh, by saying, oh, well, these ones can do it because they're gen- genetically modified. Um, <laughs> you know, so, like, to me, like, a lot of the complaints, almost every complaint I hear about Jaws of Revenge is clearly there in Jaws 3D also, but um, just slightly tweaked differently. Like, oh, the shark wouldn't chase a family all the way to the Bahamas. Okay, a shark would also wouldn't seek revenge for its child. Uh, and how did it even know its fucking child died? Right. Unless there's a connection there. Um, oh, well, the shark fucking roars in Jaws the Revenge. It roars in fucking Jaws 3D also. And on top of that, it swims fucking backwards. Also, in Jaws 3D, it swims without moving its fucking tail. Multiple times. It just fucking glides along. And it can't do that. Also, it, it hits the glass and just fucking stops. Yep, that's what I'm saying, man. It fucking damn... that To me, that was a lot of the... A lot of the bullshit, man, is damn just it felt like every single scene with the shark and shark 3D in Jaws 3D was fucking they're just pulling a rubber shark, rubber shark through the water. Yeah. So it's always bothered me how people shit on Jaws of Revenge. It will not like open up and leave this movie. And, and there's something that Kenneth once said that I try to apply to a lot of movies now where it's just like you're not watching it from the right perspective. You got to watch it from this perspective. Uh, and he, he told me this while we were talking about Hellraiser movies. And how you have to watch, uh, Kenneth, you said, uh, you have to watch each Hellraiser movie from the main character's point of view because it's their perspective of what hell is. That's what the whole movie is about. Right. 
You know, like you got you got the first two Hellraiser movies, and the first movie is from you know uh, uh, mainly the first movie is from uh, what's her name um, the bad bitch uh, Julia uh, Julia. Yeah. Yeah, the the first movie is mainly from Julia's perspective. You know what I'm saying? It, and it's got to do with Julia and Frank, but the majority of the movie is from Julia's perspective. The second movie has got a lot to do with fucking Kirsty's perspective and Julia mixed together. And then as you go down the line, I mean, you know, the third one, the fourth one, I mean, you got each different one, the main character, that's who it's based off of. Yeah, exactly. And so with Jaws of Revenge, I highly recommend rewatch this movie. Just accept that the shark has a psychic connection with the Brodies. Just accept it. Right. I don't then, see. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, then watch the movie and watch it from the same way you would watch Hereditary. And I know there's people out there that are rolling their fucking eyes because I made this statement that Jaws of Revenge is hereditary with a shark. They, But they both deal with the loss uh, and grief and tragedy of dealing with a family member dying. But in that one, in Hereditary, it has the occult wrapping around it. In this one, it's this, it's, you know, psychic shark. Both have to deal with, with like, uh, turn, you know, this, this supernatural element to it. Uh, but if you, but really, if you watch Jaws of Revenge, that's what, if, if the way me, Kenneth, and Jay have explained Jaws of Revenge tonight does not make you want to go and rewatch that movie and l- try to watch it from that perspective, then you just want to hate Jaws of Revenge to hate Jaws of Revenge because it's a cool thing to do on the internet. Flat out, period. Jay, what were you going to say? I was, um, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, I was going to agree with you, basically, is where I was going with it, that the, uh, the Jaws of Revenge is absolutely a good movie about uh, uh, the plot revolving around grief and whatnot. Um, what I was going to say is... I don't understand how people have a problem um, accepting that the shark is psychic when that basically almost any movie is about accepting whatever uh, plot and universe you're presented with. We watch Marvel movies not going, man, if his hammer could conduct lightning, he'd probably electrocute himself. We go, he's a god who can control lightning. I understand that, so the rest of the movie makes sense. If the plot of this movie is the shark and the family have some sort of supernatural connection, why can't you just accept that and watch it? The whole purpose of fictional stories, the whole basis behind them being entertaining, is the ability to suspend our disbelief. If some are some are more grounded in reality, some are more fantastical. We have a guy who may have died as a child, who then may or not, may not have come back to life, who may have been living in the woods as a child to his 20s or 30s, who... Uh, is ridiculously strong, uh, not a zombie, uh, takes several uh, amounts of damage that would have killed a normal person, actually dies, and then gets electrocuted by lightning and comes back to life as some kind of supernatural zombie who can only actually be killed by his family later on. And we accept all of that, and we praise the Friday the 13th series as uh, amazing slashers, but a shark that's going after a family is too much to take? That doesn't, I don't Yeah, care. more people are willing to accept that vaccines cause autism than the possibility <laughs> of a fucking movie dealing uh, with a psychic shark uh, being good. It fuck kills me. But some people don't get the, the uh, psychic part of it. Another guy on my Facebook said, Revenge is pretty terrible. Why the hell would a shark stalk their family and follow them to the Bahamas or whatever it was? One and two were definitely great, though. So I replied, the shark is supernatural in this film. They lay it out pretty clear, and yet no one understands it. 
In fact, most of the flaws people call out in this movie are in the third film as well. And our worst there is that movie is set in to be realistic as far as the Killer Shark film can be. And Revenge is not set up to be realistic, but with supernatural and psychic elements. He replied, Really? I totally never picked up on any supernatural goings on. That's just ridiculous then. The third film is awful. Yeah, I know it was early 3D. Possible the first 3D film, which it is nowhere near the first 3D film. I don't know where the fuck he got that. Um... But I just can't bear to watch the shark explode at the end. Uh, well, the shark explodes in three out of the four fucking movies. Yeah. Um, anyway, the shark can't swim backwards either, can they? It does that in the third film, probably Revenge 2 after the wreck underwater bit. I do want to point out, uh, in Jaws of Revenge, the shark never, we never see the shark swim backwards. But there are areas where you would kind of have to go home. I think the shark would have to swim backwards to get out of there. But they never actually uh, show it. So... Uh, but yeah, the and and to be fair, there is that fucking um, ending. So, with that being said, I think we're done here. We've covered Jaws three and Jaws of Revenge, so I, I think we're good. He, uh, go rewatch Jaws of Revenge, obviously, um, and we will see y'all in September. Um, anyone got any parting words? Uh, watch Jaws the Revenge, guys. It's it's good. Yeah, Kenneth. Uh, make sure that you fill the grave back in when you steal the corpse. That is very smart. Cover your tracks. Uh, you can catch us in all the regular places. Um, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram. Links are all in the description. Uh, so check that shit out. We will see y'all uh, fucking soon. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I was really, really happy uh, to do this. And I really like the way this has turned out so far. So uh, thank you guys for coming and covering uh, this ridiculous horror call scene with me and um, thank you listeners for checking it out and supporting us we love all of you um, and that's fucking it uh, keep on fucking watching horror movies out there people later Astro Glad makes my dick burn If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.